0: Good morning, my name is Jay Rosenthal, I'm the Managing Director of Business of Cannabis. Welcome to this Cannabis Daily for Thursday, January 6th. If this is your first time with us, welcome. For those that have joined us before, you might notice a bit of an image upgrade. We believe in constant improvement here, and our cameras are no exception, so, Hope you enjoy it, leave us a comment if you do. If you like what you see here, you can check out the rest of our channel and all that we do at Business of cannabis, uh, businessofcannabis.com. You can also stay here on YouTube and check out uh, our growing archive um, as part of this channel. And like all YouTube channels, I'm, uh, I'm obligated to ask you to smash the subscribe button. And if you're tuning in outside of YouTube, we encourage you to head to our channel anyway and subscribe to keep up to date with all of the latest in the cannabis industry and for those new to business of cannabis overall. Since 2017, we've highlighted the companies, brands, people and trends driving the cannabis industry and that's what we look to do here every day. First, we run down the key stories we're following, then go to a cannabis conversation in our B of C Live segment. Today's conversation is with Jason Terasek of Minnesota Cannabis Law. He's here to discuss a recent court ruling in Minnesota that made even trace amounts of THC in CBD products a criminal offense, even if they are hemp-derived. We'd love to hear from you in our comments and always feel free to visit us at businessofcannabis.com as well as through all of our social channels, Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Now for today's stories. First, Wall Street has high hopes for some U.S. cannabis stocks. Canada has much lower hopes for some sales forecasts from some of the big producers. A bourbon-selling state senator opposes medical cannabis, no surprise there. And France's CBD industry prepares for battle. First, our first story. Wall Street has high hopes for these five cannabis stocks. Despite the lack of federal cannabis reform in the U.S. and a long list of other challenges facing the industry, analysts see long-term potential in cannabis stocks, reports Insider. Specifically, these five companies' analysts are eyeing for 2022 and beyond. Trueleaf, Green Thumb Industries, Cresco Labs, Air Wellness, and Maps. Quote, At the end of the day, all these companies have huge growth opportunities and huge market expansion opportunities in the coming year, said Varinian Capital Advisors, analyst John DeCourcy. For our second story, hundreds of millions are cut from sales forecasts for Canada's big LPs. Forecasts are less optimistic north of the border, unlike the five we mentioned earlier in the U.S., where analysts have lowered their expectations for Tilray, Canopy Growth, and Aurora by hundreds of millions of dollars due to decreased market share, this reporting due to MJ Biz Daily, According to HiFire, which is owned by Fire and Flower, and reported by Canter Fitzgerald, estimated market share for October to December 2021 was 11.7% for Tilray, which is down from 15% in the previous quarter, which is down 18% from April 2021. 8.6% for Canopy, which is down from 10% the quarter before, and 15% in April. And 2.8% for Aurora, which is down from 3.7% last quarter and 6% from the previous one to that. So who's winning the market share in Canada? Well, to quote the story from MJ Biz, craft producers and large cultivators such as Organigram and Oxley appear to be gaining at their competitor's expense. Just follow Matt Lamers to find out all the latest details. Follow him on Twitter and LinkedIn. Check out our recent BFC Live conversations, actually, with Bina Goldenberg, the CEO of Reganamaram, where she talks just about this, as well as an older conversation with Oxley CEO Hugo Alves, and a much, much older conversation with Alves from 2017. You can find that all on businessofcannabis.com. For our third story, a bourbon-selling state senator opposes medical cannabis. Republican Kentucky Senate Majority Floor Leader Damon Thaler says he knows there is broad support for medical cannabis legalization in his state. Even still, he says, he's just not for it. That according to Marijuana Moment. But why? Thaler says he's concerned that it's, quote, a slippery slope for recreational marijuana. Sounds an awful lot like the prime minister uh, yesterday in England, Uh, which is an interesting reason since he owns a bourbon distillery. Uh, which uh, Marijuana Moment does not leave out of their story. Uh, A similar thing is happening a bit further south in the U.S. too. Despite the pleas of parents of sick children who could benefit from access, Mississippi Governor Tate Reeves has said he will veto medical cannabis legalization unless purchase limits are reduced. Uh, the, The advocate, the key advocate in Mississippi, Angie Calhoun, she's the founder and CEO of Mississippi Cannabis Patients Alliance, said, I'm begging you, Governor Reeves, to show love and compassion to patients, your constituents who are suffering with debilitating medical conditions by signing this bill into law as it as it's presented to you. The patients have suffered long enough. Finally, to France. France's CBD industry is prepping for a fight about flour. The French government warns that they will ban CBD flour products, which account for over half of sales and a market valued at 180 million euro. This is reporting due to cannabis, uh, sorry, business can. Because flour is often smoked, regulators are concerned about the sick, the carcinogens in joints, particularly those combined with tobacco. If I get this straight, they're only concerned with carcinogens when the CBD flour is mixed with tobacco, not necessarily the tobacco products themselves. Anyway, the business community has already responded with an application to suspend the ban. Those are the stories we are watching today. Join 10,000 others and catch all these stories and more in your inbox every day at 7 a.m. Eastern in our Cannabis Daily Newsletter. You can find that on businessofcannabis.com. Coming up next... We are with Jason Terasek of Minnesota Cannabis Law, as he discusses a recent court ruling in Minnesota that made even trace amounts of THC and CBD products, even if they are hemp derived, a criminal offense. Jason founded Minnesota Cannabis Law in 2018 to serve the hemp, cannabinoid, medical, and adult use markets in the upper Midwest, and has nearly 20 years of legal experience as a transactional attorney and litigator. This is our B of C Live conversation with Jason Terasek of Minnesota Cannabis Law. Jason Terasek from Minnesota Cannabis Law. Thanks for being here.
1: Hi, Jay Rosenthal.
0: <laughs> Hi. Uh, I follow you. Well, I follow you anywhere, but I follow you on Twitter and LinkedIn more specifically, and will encourage people to do that. And what I noticed over the past couple of weeks, there are things happening in Minnesota that seem backwards. And so I wanted to connect with you. Tell me what's going on. And I think it relates to CBD sales and stores, but I may be wrong.
1: Yep, it is hitting the fan, Jay. It is hitting the fan as if uh, the Omicron wasn't enough. Um, So if you follow me on Twitter, you'll get an odd mixture of sports, politics, cannabis, occasional pet photos.
0: And that's why you're good to hang out with. But yes,
1: if you're into that sort of thing. Um, Oh, yeah. okay. so, yes, what is happening here? It it is absolute mayhem for the CBD retailers in the hemp industry. Um, Minnesota, like most states in 2018, passed a hemp statute that expressly allowed for the um, growing and processing and sale of hemp and hemp derivatives. Um, So CBD stores have popped up all across the state from Fergus Falls to Lanesboro to Rochester, Duluth. Look at that. And, you know, they've been doing well. Perhaps there were too many initially, so there's been a bit of uh, contraction. I'm sure most states are going through that uh, as the gold rush has um, subsided a bit. Um, So, you know, in most states that do not have recreational, uh, or I should say adult use, uh, marijuana, Delta 8 was um, flying off the shelves. And so Frankly, as an industry, we're anticipating that Delta eight might be getting some attention from the regulators. But then um, out of nowhere, really, there was a a decision from the Minnesota Court of Appeals that said um, when um, Minnesota passed its hemp statute that for whatever reason, the the legislature forgot to remove THC from Minnesota's Controlled Substances Act, which, yeah, oops. kind of a problem you know <laughs> so they said uh THC of any amount is, is of any uh, amount of any amount so as you know the hemp statute, both federally and at the state level allows for point three percent THC to be sold in CBD products well Minnesota Court of Appeals said THC in any amount even trace amounts is illegal and is, is a controlled substance will expose you to criminal penalties and uh this was a um, a criminal case that this arose from. Uh, so frankly, it wasn't really on my radar, but it certainly got a lot of attention very quickly. And um, it, it uh, has inspired some police chiefs um, in in rural Minnesota to begin cracking down on CBD shops because citing this case, it's called the Loveless case, State v Loveless. They're saying, well, anything we, with THC is now a controlled substance. You may not sell it. So.
0: And, and even trace amounts in hemp-derived products.
1: Correct. And um, I believe that the, the court decision was wrongly decided. My opinion doesn't count for much at the moment. Uh, it does with me. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, it is being appealed to the Minnesota Supreme Court. They have accepted the appeal. I will be assisting um, in filing an amicus brief to show the devastating impact that the decision has had on both CBD retailers and their customers, right? Because possession is the problem, uh, right. no matter in what form. And we're also pursuing a legislative solution to that. Um, I think just about anybody who who understands the situation and the intent behind the hemp law realizes that this was this is not the intent um, when we legalized hemp and hemp derivatives. So we're we're trying to fix the problem.
0: And it seems it it seems to be a step backwards where. Well, surrounding states are moving forwards, uh, mm-hmm. but also fairly arcane in that trace amounts of THC and hemp-derived products have been talked about for a long time. But we we were in twenty nineteen having conversations about how to get you know how to remediate hot hemp in yep. you know states all over. So so is there a sense in the industry that this is a setback or is this sort of a one off with I don't know aggressive policing or is this is this a hurdle to really be jumped to even get any sort of legalization efforts forward at all?
1: Well, you know, I think you might find that the same people who are scared of marijuana uh, tend to be a little bit scared of CBD. Even you can tell them um, that it's not the same. Right. But I think um, for prohibitionists, they tend to associate both of those things together. Um, We have a complicated path to legalization in Minnesota, legalization of uh, adult use marijuana. It has to pass through the legislature. Um, we do not have a ballot initiative process like they do in South Dakota, where as you know, they, they approved the voters approved medical marijuana and adult use marijuana on the ballot in 2020 um, for various reasons. <laughs> adult use has been scrapped medical marijuana is proceeding, um, but we don't have that process here in Minnesota. So yeah, I th- it is a step back because you know, all we had here have here our, our CBD and, um, Delta eight, derived from hemp, uh, available for sale. So it was a blow, no doubt about it.
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see sort of how the state approaches what's happening because certainly the tide is, is against this type of sort of aggressive, I don't know, aggressive enforcement of benign substances, I would say relatively benign. Um, and, and, um, and and how the state reacts, legislatures, most importantly, when surrounding states start to legalize and and not even move quickly, but just move, right? Because yeah. um, uh, it'll be interesting to watch. And Minnesota's on people's radar, right? I mean, I think there was just a acquisition by Green Thumb of a company in Minnesota and eyeing. You know, I saw the CEO of Green Thumb tweet about the relative size of Minnesota and Colorado, right? I mean, yeah. things are on the move, and this seems like an interesting hiccup along the way. Um, as shitty as it is.
1: Yeah. So Minnesota is odd in that we, we do have a medical program, but we only have two medical marijuana providers and uh, one of them, not Varial Health anymore. Green Goods it has been rebranded as Green Goods. And we, the second one was recently acquired by Green Thumb, which I think is owned by Jack Daniels, perhaps. I don't know if you know about that, but big company. Right. And I think that move is being driven because we've opened up our medical program a bit by allowing both for the sale of raw flour. Right. Um, we hadn't allowed that until recently and for the sale of edibles, which we anticipate that each of those things is going to attract more patients to the program. And yeah, I think the populations of Minnesota and Colorado are about the same. So yeah, it's a tr- the medical program at least is attracting more interest. Um, but you know, there's still this prohibitionist mindset among a lot of Uh, regulators here. We're trying to get our governor's attention because these state agencies obviously work for him. We've sent him a letter uh, saying, hey, this is what's happening to us. Please help. Because he's indicated that if we get a a legalization bill on his desk, he'll sign it. We thought he was a friend of the industry and um, his agencies are acting differently. And beyond the sort of court of appeals problem, we also have state agencies saying that any tinctures any gummies containing cbd are illegal because they're food and we can't allow for cbd and food that to me is also a misinterpretation of the law so
0: you're getting are, it coming and going say what now you're getting it coming and going it's oh it's, my god uh, yeah,
1: yeah i mean we're I've, I've been on the phone all morning trying to put out fires i don't know which one to put out first they're That's sort of all initially we knew what the top priority was but then like there becomes a new priority it's it's becoming very very difficult to be a cbd retailer in minnesota and uh some people are some they're leaving you know they're setting up shop elsewhere i mean that's how the market works if it's not going to work here they're going to go somewhere else right
0: it's it's an okay time to be the minnesota cannabis lawyer though
1: it's busy time it'd be better
0: if we were actually moving the industry forward as opposed to playing defense on um you know not silly but but things you thought it were well covered it's Uh,
1: ludicrous you know i've seen how cbd helps people um And but the stigma is real, you know, and misinformation and wrongful interpretations of statutes uh, is it's hurting people. That's infuriating.
0: Yeah. Well, Jason, I hope you'll uh, continue to come back to give us an update about where things are with with the case at the Supreme Court, but also sort of how retailers are dealing with it on the ground uh, related to enforcement. As always, it's nice to see you. If not face to face, then at least see your face and hear your voice. From Minnesota Cannabis Law.
1: Thank you, Jen. Great to see you too. I'd love to come back.
0: Yeah. Well, anytime you're welcome in Toronto. Well, not really. Uh, You can only come with a series of PCR tests and uh, come during lockdown, but hopefully we'll see you in the coming year. Happy New Year, Jason. Thanks for joining us. Happy New Year. That was episode four of Cannabis Daily. Thank you for being here and thank you for joining us. Please subscribe to this YouTube channel. Visit us at businessofcannabis.com. Visit us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. We will see you all tomorrow.